The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio KC, where you can get the inside scoop on Kansas City's successful business owners and find out how they've transformed their entrepreneurial spirit into a thriving business. And now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Benedictine College and Audible.com. To be able to download a free ebook off of Audible.com, go to our special link, audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. You can choose from their 150,000 titles and you'll be able to download a free ebook. So audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. We have a very big event coming up here in Kansas City for business owners on August the 14th. It's called Vital Signs, How to Survive in Today's Economy. It's the eighth annual Kansas City Government Contracting and Procurement Forum. It's designed to showcase government contracting opportunities, you'll get a lot of information, tons of networking opportunities, and access to new business uh, partners, most importantly. It's going to take place at the Kansas City Convention Center, Bartle Hall, in the Exhibit Hall. Cerner's going to be hosting a workshop with information about their 10-year, $4.3 billion World Headquarters Project, and they're going to be offering detailed professional and construction service needs for some of you business owners who are out there that might be interested in that. Let's see, what else are you going to get if you attend this on August the 14th? There are face-to-face business sections that are going to take place, and that's where small business owners are going to be able to meet one-on-one with a representative from a number of companies. Here's just a sampling. It's not the complete list, so... You can probably go to the website and find out more. But companies like KCP&L, Burns & McDonald, KC Southern Railway, Sprint, Black & Veatch, J.E. Dunn, Turner, Unified Government of Wyandotte County, and the Mountain Plains Council, Minority Supplier Development Council. I bet you've heard of a few of them, and I bet you'd like to work with some of those companies. So good time to come out and partake in these face-to-face business sessions. Best of all, the event is free. There's a cost to participate in the awards luncheon ceremony. The awards luncheon ceremony is going to be $40, a great meal. Again, this is August the 14th from 8.30 to 3.30 down at the Exhibit Hall at Bartle Hall. You can visit kcgcp.org to register, or you can call 816-513-1813 and ask for Ashley Blue for more information. We'll be repeating some of this closer to the end of the show, so if you didn't catch it all, again, you can go to kcgcp.org to find out more or stay tuned to the rest of the show and we'll repeat it again. But what's really cool is that right now we have the luncheon keynote speaker. It's another reason that you're going to want to attend this. Uh, we have the founder of Auntie Ann's Pretzels, Auntie Ann B- Byler, who is yes. here. Welcome to the show today, Ann. Hello. I'm glad to be with you today. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So you started this company back in the late 80s, I believe 1988? That's correct. That's so, correct. So how did you get started? Where did you get the idea to to produce pretzels and then turn them into this nationwide sensation? <laughs> well, that's a very, very long story, and you can read all of it in my book called Twist of Fate. 
So if you want to know all the details, it's in the book. But in a mm-hmm. nutshell today, Kelly, um, I grew up on an Amish farm, and uh, I grew up with eight kids on the farm. And so uh, learning how to work hard and make a living and make my own way and uh, be, uh, be able to really uh, provide for ourselves is what we learned on the farm. So Auntie Anne's got started in 1988 out of, just simply out of a need that we had, uh, which my husband at the time was doing marriage counseling as a free service in our community and in our church mm-hmm. and in uh, just anybody that would come to him. So he was doing it as a free service. And after about a month of that, you know, when you do volunteer work, it doesn't really pay the bills. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I uh, ended up going to work at a local farmer's market in uh, Pennsylvania, and I began making soft pretzels working for someone else. And uh, anyway, that's the beginning of our story. So we just simply started the business out of a, a financial need that we had. Okay. And and the whole reason you chose pretzels, it wasn't that you had some grand love of pretzels or that it was your favorite thing when you were growing no. up. It was simply but, because you were working for somebody else at a farmer's market, and that's what they had you making. That's right. I think you must have read my book, Kelly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I went to work, and there, voila, they had hand-rolled pretzels. I was at the time, I was 48 years old, and... Uh, I never rolled a top pretzel in my life, but at that point, I managed a store for seven months, and mm-hmm. then we bought our own store. And uh, when we bought our own farmers market uh, store, it, uh, they also had top pretzels there. So it was kind of like, hmm, pretzels, wow. Um, so mm-hmm. I didn't plan pretzels, but uh, they were certainly in the mix. And uh, uh, I began the to love. I really began enjoying management and business. Um, in my early 40s. Prior to that, I had no experience. So what did you do to learn about business? You said you had a love of it, but you start you know, start rolling pretzels, and then you roll the next pretzel. When do you know, first of all, that uh, this is something that we really think could take mm-hmm. off, and, and how did you then acquire the business expertise to make sure it was successful? Well, the business expertise came about through uh, blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> had a few, it sounds like you had a few bad mistakes or maybe some bad uh, uh, turns maybe to start with, bad decisions. Well, there were, there were some things that, you know, of course, when you're learning as you go, it's, uh, it's, it's what you're doing. You stumble, you fall, you get back up, you try again. But when you have a purpose, which I knew uh, early on, Kelly, that pretzels was only the vehicle that would serve our purpose, and our purpose goes back to my husband helping other families in need. So when you have a purpose in your business and in your life, uh, you can overcome any obstacles, and you can get up, back up every time you fall. So starting the business was, was, uh, was exciting. Building the company was a little bit more of a stretch for me because, uh, once again, I uh, was not uh, – uh, educated. I had eighth grade education because I grew up Amish. Uh, it's what you do in that culture. And um, I did not have a business degree. And so we learned as we went. And I think that's pretty typical of a lot of entrepreneurs. Well, it is typical of a lot of entrepreneurs. And, and one of the uh, frustrating things, I think, for people like me who offer a lot of services to help entrepreneurs grow is that so many do work in isolation and they sit there yes. trying to solve the same problems that so many others and, and they don't know who to turn to for that advice. But there's plenty of it out there. Uh, how did you finally start to grow your business? I believe you used a franchising model. How did all that come about? 
we did choose the franchising model, and I think uh, I really have to. It, it, for us, it was uh, to launch the business was as simple as um, you got to get your product out there. Number one, right? And for us, it was easy to do because we had uh, we were in a food retail business, and so we could take our product and cut it up in pieces and sample. And let me tell you, I was crazy about sampling. I wanted everybody that walked by our store to taste an Auntie Anne pretzel. I knew if they tasted it, they would buy one. Mm-hmm. So that is truly the way we grew our business. People would taste the product, and in the month of December, which is the highest traffic um, in the malls during the month of December, um, it was during the, the month of the last week and the first week in January that we would get more calls on our phone as far as people wanting to do an Auntie Anne's pretzel store because they had simply tasted the product. I know mm-hmm. it sounds a little strange, uh, but we truly did not do any other form of marketing for the first, oh, my goodness, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so. Really? So uh, it was simple. tasted the product. And they wanted to do a store, but then, you know, the the uh, actual structure of how we began to build our company was was quite another story. Okay, talk to us about that. How did you begin to build that out? Well, I think initially, um, my I had a large family, so I had friends and family that would come because we became um, very well known in the community, and then county, and then statewide, and then eventually nationally. And of course, the Antiens is in 26 countries around the world. So starting out, we had the the, the privilege of having lots of friends and lots of family members mm-hmm. uh, that that just kind of came to my rescue. They said, "Oh, what can I do? It's <laughs> so exciting! How can I help you?" And blah blah blah. So that was what we did. Uh, 1990, NTN started in 1988. It was the, the year of 1990 is when we began to uh, departmentalize. We began to, I use the word secretize, which is probably not in the uh, dictionary, but we use it anyway because it simply means you, we knew we had to make our product secret. And right. until then it was uh, out there for anybody who wanted it, basically. And uh, so we secretized our product. We departmentalized our uh, our company and um, began training, and we brought in another uh, people that were experts in the business. And I really like what you said, Kelly. We very often isolate ourselves as entrepreneurs because we sort of think that nobody understands, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's fur- there's nothing further from the truth. There's lots of people out there that want to help you and can help you, mm-hmm. but we just have to go out and find them. And so what we did was we. Uh, we're able to find some really good people in the world of franchising that really were experts in the field. They came in uh, really just in time to really help us to take us to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so you put an official uh, franchising uh, package together. And yes. and how did, how did you grow that? How did you market the fact that you had franchises available? Again, we did not market our <laughs> the availability of our franchises. We simply... People called us. We had upwards to five to six hundred calls a month. Uh, wow! Call us, and they wanted to do Auntie Anne's franchising. So we had to figure out how we how to eliminate all the interested parties. <laughs> sure. And I always said at one point, I said, if you can get your foot in the door at Auntie Anne's, then you have a good chance of becoming a franchisee. But um, it, it just was overwhelming for us that we had that much interest, mm-hmm. and so we began to just. Uh, we, of course, we had to hire lots of employees to 
uh, to weed out and to do the franchising interviews and so then to do the UFOC document, the franchise uh, document. Uh, it, was, uh, it became a, a big business very, very quickly. And I can tell you, um, an, entrepreneur, an entrepreneur needs to have a lot of stamina. You need perseverance. You need a can-do attitude. Uh, and you've got to be able to show up for life every single day whether you want to or not. Right. When you were growing this and it became, um, it, it, it really was a phenomenal boon, how did you manage that growth? So often we hear about entrepreneurs who go out of business because sales aren't there. But the other side of that is the number of businesses who aren't able to keep up with their growth and the growth actually kills them. You have to have managed growth. How did you manage this sudden influx? Uh, <laughs> that's a great thing. Bigger is not better, okay? And fast is not smart. <laughs> that's, that's just the way, I, that's the way I feel. Bigger is not better. Fast is not smart. Um, because, you know, you really can only grow so much. Now, I, I for us, my initial goal was to do one really good store at a time. I was never focused on numbers as far as how many stores do we want by the end of the year. It, I, I never cared about that. I just wanted to make sure that every store that we opened was a very good store. Mm-hmm. One store at a time was our strategy. Uh, over time, uh, because of the demand that just wouldn't quit, we began to kind of uh, weaken our position on that. <laughs> and um, because there was so much interest, we finally, I would say we, um, we caved to the idea <laughs> of more than one store per, mm-hmm. uh, per franchisee, uh, but we caved in um, strategically. We then began to think about, okay, if we're going to allow them to have more than one store, then how are we going to do that? So we had to put... Uh, uh, put systems in place for what kind of franchisee are we looking for? Right. And if that franchisee is qualified, then are they actually able to do one, two, or three stores? So, you know, you really have to control the growth, and you got to know uh, before you start, you have to really know uh, how fast you want to grow this business, and do you even want to grow it at all? Again, bigger is not better. Maybe you just want ten locations, period, mm-hmm. and work it uh, work it very well. So for us, the growth of Antiens was a huge surprise. I was not expecting it. I didn't plan on it. But I can tell you that the year 1992, maybe, mm-hmm. then we began to do strategic planning. And that we had to do that simply because of the sheer number of people that were interested right. in our, our, our franchise. So strategic planning is very important. But I think as an entrepreneur, strategic planning suffocates us. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's something it that you... It the life right out of you, you know, when you have to think about that initially. So exactly. But, I, but I it's important. It, it is important, but initially I think you've just got to get your idea off the ground. Mm-hmm. Get, it, get it out there, get it launched, and make adjustments yes. as you go forward. We are going to take a quick break so we can hear okay. from our sponsors. We are talking with Auntie Anne, the owner, the founder of Auntie Anne's Pretzels. We'll be right back. Vital signs. How to survive in today's economy. 
The 8th Annual Kansas City Government Contracting and Procurement Forum is designed to showcase government contracting requirements, provide critical information, networking opportunities, and access to new business partners. This year's keynote speaker is Ann Byler, founder of Andy Ann's Soft Pretzel Franchise. The forum is free August 14th, Bartle Hall Convention Center. Get more information and register online at kcgcp.org. That's kcgcp.org. Hi, I'm Kelly Scanlon, host of Smart Companies Radio, and I'd like to tell you about one of the sponsors of Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. It's audible.com. Get a special offer by going to audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. Get a free month service and download a book of your choice. You get about 150,000 titles to choose from. So go out to audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. Are you growing incrementally or exponentially this year? Your future depends on continuously improving your skills, enhancing your knowledge, and applying those improvements and enhancements at work. What a difference a year makes. Consider the Executive MBA program at Benedictine College, Kansas City's only one-year Executive MBA program. Find out more by logging on to benedictine.edu slash EMBA to get started. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We have a big event coming up on August the 14th. It's called Vital Signs, How to Survive in Today's Economy, and it's hosted by the Kansas City, uh, City of Kansas City. It's their 8th Annual Kansas City Government Contracting and Procurement Forum. We're talking here today with Auntie Ann. She is the co-founder of Auntie Anne's pretzels. I'm sure you've all heard of them. Most people, when I say that, they're like, oh, my gosh, they're the most delicious pretzel I've ever eaten. And so, Anne, I'm going to come back to you with that. There are lots of pretzels out there on the market. What makes Auntie Anne's pretzels so special? I know you've got the IP uh, rights to the recipe, and it's all secret, but what yeah. what is it about Auntie Anne's? I, I don't know. I think that what's about it, the, the product absolutely is, of course, I have to say this, but it really is the best product out there. And and the way we stumbled on the recipe was was quite amazing. But I think that NTN's pretzels became more, the business was more than a pretzel. I think that it really was about the people in our organization, and it was about, of course, our product, and it was also about the combination uh, the two of those adding purpose. So I've always said that, Kelly, that the three small P's that I really worked very hard at in any business, I believe, is more about people than it is the product. Mm-hmm. You've gotta, you, you have to have a great product, but if you don't have the people to, uh, to support your product, then you really are not going to go anywhere. So I began to focus uh, on our people. And uh, I think that when you are uh, interested in your people and you really care about them, they're going to be loyal to your purpose. And mm-hmm. so the three small P's, I always call them purpose, product, and people. Mm. And if you do those three well, then you will eventually uh, realize the capital P, which is a profit. Ah. So I think that NTN set itself apart because we truly had a great product, yes, but we had amazing people in our organization that understood our purpose. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think a company without a purpose is probably won't be around for very long. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's many organizations, many companies that have a greater purpose than themselves. Right. And I think that that's, that's one thing that set us apart because we talked about our purpose mm-hmm. yeah. all the time. It yeah. was simply to be a light in the business world, and it was to give. 
money right. to people in need. Yeah, you have to have those values. Your va- I, I just wrote a column today about how your value, the values that you build your business on, determine the value of your business, and you know they you're, go hand in hand. You're exactly right. You cannot have one without the other. Yeah. I think you must have values in a business to be successful. Let's talk about financing. This growth exploded on you. How were you able yep. to support the uh, the this growth? Well, I think that's where the franchising model uh, works because initially uh, we it was it was very inexpensive to start an independent store, and so every time we sold a franchise, we had enough of funds to build a store for the franchisee. Mm-hmm. So we started uh, in, in that way. Uh, over time, my uh, at the very beginning, I, let me back up. My father-in-law loaned us six thousand dollars, which doesn't sound like a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you have nothing, it was right. It, it was like a million bucks to me. So sure. he loaned us the first loan that uh, the monies that we needed to build our first store. But then the franchising model gave us enough of upfront capital to be able to build the stores one at a time, and then, of course. We received a six percent royalty at that time from the gross sales of every store which that we opened. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, though, it was in 1993. We needed to go. Uh, we wanted to expand um, across the country, and we wanted to build five um, locations where we would have our presence would be in five different regions in the country. At that mm-hmm. time, we went to the bank to see if they would loan us the money. Uh, we were uh, very good customers at the banks, but uh, nobody was able to give us the money. They did not give us money because they didn't like uh, our contribution column. Uh. So I went to a local farmer that was very, very wealthy. He was a chicken farmer, and um, somebody that I never knew, never Mm -hmm. met him, but somebody told me about him. So I went and talked to him, and he loaned me uh, our first $1.5 million on a handshake. Good grief. And he sent me the agreement the next day or two in the mail. I signed the agreement, sent it back to him, and we were in business. So there's 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 more than one way to do business. <laughs> you never know about a chicken farmer. Yeah, he you never more, know, yeah. and, but that really launched us into uh, the marketplace mm-hmm. uh, inter- uh, nationally and internationally. Right. What are some of the things that you have learned as a business owner? Obviously, purpose, and you've you've set yes. out your four different P's: the the one P, uh, the capital uh, yes. P being profit. Purpose, mm-hmm. purpose, product, and people equals profit. Exactly. Um, what are yes. some of the other things that you've learned? Well, there's just um, going into business knowing nothing about business. Uh, what what I have learned ultimately in there's so many things that I could talk to you about right now, but I truly believe that. Our attitude determines where we end up, where we where we go. And there were many times that I did not um, want to go to work. I mean, it was too hard. But I think that what I learned was that if I'm going to overcome obstacles, then I must overcome myself. And many times uh, we are our greatest um, hindrance. Most, a lot of times I am the one that, you know, really keeps things from happening. And so overcoming obstacles with an attitude that said, you know what, I can do this uh, really com- completely and 100% took me from where I started to where I finally sold the company. And so I believe that uh, a good work ethic, work ethic, a great attitude, mm-hmm. and for me it also meant faith in God and uh, just family and friends. The combination really just took me to a place in my life that I never dreamed of, never anticipated, would never have guessed. 
And uh, I also know that anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> if you work hard enough and you believe and you bring good people in. Right. But, but that accidental entrepreneur, uh, that, that, that happens to so many different people. They don't, they never thought in their wildest dreams that Absolutely. they would be starting a company, but for whatever circumstance, in your case, you needed something to pay the bills. Uh, it led to business ownership. I know, and you talk about the attitude. I know one business owner here in Kansas City who has told me, uh, she does an attitude adjustment every single morning when she, she's the first one to get to the office and as she's putting her key in the lock she stops and she says is this what I really want to be doing today and yes. she goes as long as I can keep saying yes I'll keep unlocking the door as soon as it, <laughs> as soon as my answer becomes no or I'm not sure she goes I've got to start rethinking what I'm doing absolutely your heart has to be in it I mean you really have to believe in what you're doing and if you do then uh, you will never have to go to work a day in your life because when you're doing what you believe you need to be doing, there's a lot of fun, there's a lot of satisfaction, there's joy in that, but when you don't have that, then it really gets to be a heavy burden. So what's next for Auntie Anne's? Well, for for the company, they continue to grow. I mean, they they never skipped a beat when we sold. And uh, for myself, we're semi-retired. We just mm-hmm. moved to Salado, Texas. So we're, we've slowed down some, but I... Um, I have the farmer's mentality. It's hard for me not to be doing <laughs> something. And so I do, I do enjoy speaking. So that's really my future, mm-hmm. and motivational speaking is what I love to do and share our story wherever we go. Well, and, and encourage, just encourage people in business. Yes, and you're very good at that. And again, a reminder for all of you who are out there listening, if you'd like to come out and meet Auntie Anne in person, you can do that on August the 14th at the 8th Annual Kansas City Government Contracting and Procurement Forum. The theme is Vital Signs, How to Survive in Today's Economy. It's going to be held at the Bartle Hall Exhibition Center, and that will be from 830 to 3.30. There's going to be uh, workshops. There will be a lot of networking opportunities. Obviously, there will be a lunch. Uh, Auntie Anne will be the keynote speaker. The cost of the lunch is $40 to come and partake in the other activities is free. You can go out to kcgcp.org to register, or you can call 816-513-1813 and ask for Ashley Blue for more details. And, Anne, if people want to learn more about you, uh, where to get your book or anything else, how would they do that? Uh, they can get my book on Amazon.com. It's called Twist of Faith um, mm-hmm. by Ann Byler and Sean Smucker. And there is uh, also www, I'm sorry, com is my uh, email address, so they can call me, uh, get a hold of me there. Or also there's another email address. It's fil at thebylers.com. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time to be here today. And, and again, we really encourage all of you to come on out to the event on August the 14th and meet Anne in person and, and partake in some of the other activities that will be there to help you do business with the larger corporations and organizations so that you can grow your business. If you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, you can visit our website, ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at ithinkbigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.